Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The Match Ball. Hello, welcome to the match ball. Dan, Michael, Moscow here with you for the uh, the Fulham away game uh, reaction. Uh, game finished five minutes ago. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, and if you are on the video now, you will see Moscow holding up the most recent mag with the advert on the back. There's a 15% discount on the Phil Hay. Monday Club, have a listen there for details of the URL. Uh, are we going down, lads? You could scan that QR code through your screen if it wasn't blurry. Uh, are we going down? Possibly. Probably. Another passive performance, wasn't it? Again. And we've lost again. I mean, we didn't lose 5-6-1, and six one, so is this progress? And yes, I am being facetious. Not really, no. I mean, we, we've played now a team that was, at the time, down with us, Crystal Palace, failed miserably. A team that was better than us, failed miserably, and now a team with nothing to play for in the middle of the table, the th- sort of third category of team. And we're also useless against them. But apart from that, is there anything good? I'm looking um, to you, Moscow. You're the, you, you, <laughs> you, know, you normally sort of say, I mean, oh, if, well, you, if you look at our relative um, outfits today, if you're on the video version, I'm wearing a, a black t shirt, as is Michael. Moscow, you'd like a ray of sunshine with your smiley acid face on a white long sleeve top there. Yeah, we don't start there. Come on, I've just watched the game with you and heard you both moan constantly for 45 minutes. So it was grim. It. It, was, it, was, it was grim laughter. Yeah, but you all. can't just shut up now. Now is the time. Tell the people. Well, they saw it as well. I've heard it. Well, you, you tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Right. Oh, okay, good. There we go. But you're very uh, vocal, so don't be quiet now. Well, I'm just vocal because I'm just bored of it being shit. I mean... Um, what bored you the most? <sighs> Leeds losing again. Uh, the fact that we can't pass to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most exciting thing was trying to figure out what happened with that back pass. And we got an answer there, didn't we, at half time? Mm. That wasn't a back, a back pass. It came off Rodrigo's foot. Um, yeah, I thought defensively. Let's talk, talk to Fair. Defence and Melier, then let's do that. I thought defensively we did actually look better with Verber and Cooper, albeit a lot of the defending seemed to be them sliding at the last minute to get something. There was like a moment in the first half where Cooper gave it away, but then he was also the first man back and he was charging across and he blocked it. And I thought, good, this is sort of bodies on the line stuff where I feel like recently Strauch has been a bit, he sort of stands off a bit and he, he kind of, he, he has the look of a man who thinks everything's going to be all right until it hits the net. Whereas it, it, it felt more like we were actually getting at him today. Melier well, is getting back to stop him. Yeah, but I mean, Melier was, I thought he was quite badly at fault for both of the goals and I don't really know what to do about it. It He's, was by the time it got to them. What you do about it is you don't let them uh, attack the same way twice. Where mm-hmm. if you look at both goals, they begin with the possession being turned over 
and Rocker and McKenney, who are supposedly our defensive midfielders, are then turning to chase the play. Fulham isolate Christensen one-on-one because he's shit. Oh, two-on-one as it was. Yep. And then the cross comes over and then Melier can't deal with it. And mm. so Melier is at fault for both. He should do better with both. But when you, if you pause uh, a picture of the pitch like five seconds before it gets to him, there's just this huge space in front of our defence where um, I don't know what Rocker and McKenney bring to the team if they don't occupy that area and stop other teams, whether it's Liverpool, Palace, Fulham, just waltzing through it and lining up against our very weak spot and just going from there. Because mm. both goals are exactly the same. And yeah, they both end up with Melier fuck-ups. But um, what the hell is happening in front of them? There's no point in playing this uh, defensively-minded, steadier, tighter ship. If the two, like, you can't just rely on the back four and the goalkeeper to do that on their own. That's why those two are in there. And their attacking play isn't good enough for them to be all the way up the other end of the pitch. So why can't they just just stand in front of the defence and let's get a nil-nil draw would be much more useful than watching them lumbering after um, Fulham's defenders and then just leaving Melier's last line of defence and hoping he can do something about it, which clearly at the moment, where it's I don't think it's talent, but it's, um, it's definitely confidence and certainly um, the amount of work we ask him to do is going to make mistakes. He made two today. He made also two very good saves. Um, I've seen, and it always comes back to the thing with Melier, you can't defend him on the mistakes, but you can say, I've seen him do much, much better things for us than I've seen Weston McKenney do for us ever. Yeah, they were Rocker and McKenney. I mean, McKenney was, I'd say, several degrees worse than Rocker because Rocker did at least have the ball a few times. I feel like McKenney barely touched it. He did some chasing around. Mainly, he was quite lucky not to get himself sent off, actually, because he'd already been booked and then someone went past him again after he'd once again miscontrolled it and he grabbed hold of him as he went past. He let go just about in time so he didn't get a red. We saw lots of exciting corners, though, from Rocker. Did you enjoy that? Got a hat-trick, didn't he? It's good. Because the the fourth one ultimately led to a goal, so his persistence paid off. Did that? Did it ultimately lead to a goal? Yeah, because we it went the other side and then Bamford's clinical finish. It was a way after, a way after though, wasn't Somerville it? Somerville passed to our most uh, effective winger, Liam Cooper, mm-hmm. drilled an excellent ball into the box, caused chaos and uh, incisive finish mm. from Bamford from close range. So it was. Um, Denied, denied by the conspiracy at Premier League level, etc. It's the other thing the that um, money. <laughs> the other thing that Cooper did well. Thought he did improve things um, at the back, and then um, taking some responsibility out there, drilling across across when we're used to seeing them sort of just drift out of play or something. It was actually pretty effective, and also you know you uh, it's levels of what you expect from a play. You normally think if you're passing it to Liam Cooper on the left wing, looking for a quality cross into the box. It's not his game, uh, but he managed to pull off uh, something pretty well. So that was mm. good. But yeah, the, the three corners were a, a, a ridiculous It speaks volume about, about the midfield, which is a £35 million Juventus player and a £10 million Bayern Munich player that soon to be released, Adam Forshaw comes on and it doesn't depreciate the quality whatsoever. I think mm. he should start next game. He should. He should. McKenney does not deserve to be in the team. Mm. Uh, Tom, I know we've paid a fortune for him but fuck me we haven't paid a fortune for him yet we can get out of it well, by going down that is something we're aiming to do <laughs> and he himself is aiming to get out of it by sending us down as well so ma- the master plan is falling into place Tom Dixon hello to Tom get well soon uh, says I don't want to condone the use of opiates of course because we wouldn't uh, but I watched that on 60 milligrams of uh, dihydrocodone due to a back injury it really took the edge off it awful as it was it's an improvement on the last two games mm. 
I suppose so. You tried uh, dihydrocodeine? Yeah, yeah, I've had it for back stuff before. It's It just it definitely takes the edge off. Do we have to talk about Javi Gracia now and this, as Moscow touched on there in his uh, in his discussion, the the passive nature of what he does, the lack of attacking substitutions, Willie Nonto not playing, who is our best player? Certainly has been. And the persistence with Aronson as well, which was another thing that was just fucking infuriated me in the first half. Losing my right. He just goes down. He, he, he does realise that it's possible for someone to tackle him without being a foul. He just the fact that he seems to be looking to go down. Maybe I'm being unkind. Maybe he doesn't look to go down. Maybe he's just is very very easy to knock down. But in either case, don't put him on the fucking pitch if he can't stand up. I think he's got a problem in that there's nobody uh, up there with him. So he's got two options: either lose it or try and win a free kick. Because there's there's a couple of occasions where he's um, there was one on the break, but there was like uh, maybe three defenders coming across. And it's like, unless he beats all three, which would be nice to try. Um, he probably wasn't going to score. And there was another one where um, Rodrigo and uh, Sinistera, did he start? <laughs> Who ever played? Um, no, Sinistera didn't start. So it must have been, some, this is it. This is why I can't picture in my mind who was actually up there with him. Really, he, there was no way of him being able to pass to another Leeds player. So I think his mind just goes, ah, we know that he's he's very, uh, he likes a, a, to fall. It does seem to be the first place his mind goes, though, far yeah. too often. It's just, but then I don't, I don't I'll know just what. run over here and I'll run over here and then some people will come near me, then I'll try and get a free kick. But then the other option is I'll just stand on the ball and keep it until nothing Yeah, but happens. if you can, hold, you can hold the ball up, though, as an alternative. But because mm. his first thought is always, I guess because of the way he's been trained in the Red Bull style, because his first thought is always, get it, turn and run towards the goal. Drive towards the penalty spot. When he gets yeah. there and we're playing a different style and there's no one there, there's nothing to do. Mm. And he and also, he was doing, he's been doing this all season, hasn't he? So. Yeah. Fine. I did see a brilliant tweet earlier. Apologies because I can't remember the person who tweeted it, but did say that he could uh, he could find a dead end in the desert. <laughs> but he's just he's just one of a number of of problematic things, isn't it? I mean, it's mm. and it's manifested in the descent from the away end as well because we heard the chance uh, just after the hour mark. We want Otter out, sack the board, Otter time to go. Um, it's not a happy place, is it? Right now, no. Yeah, you can't really. Uh, there's the bit's chance for Bielsa as well. Seventy four minutes that was. Yeah, when that, when we heard that, and Jim, uh, having been. Ear fucked by Jermaine Genus for Christ, he's <laughs> awful, isn't he? I mean, if you were lucky enough to not get Jermaine Genus and be on a different, um, different, was it like the international feed, perhaps mm. rather than the the domestic feed in in the UK? What a what a blessing in disguise that was to not be subjected to Jermaine Genus. Man who says, he says I feel like I'm playing the man rather than the ball here, but you know. well, yeah. I mean, he says he says managed to say nothing at all though. Just says things like Leeds need to be, be- have better quality on the ball here. Well, on that subject, because you were asking about passes. Um, Harrison Reed, uh, 23 accurate passes, which is 79%. Gerald Polinia was uh, 23 accurate passes, 79%. They did exactly the same. That's pretty good going. Uh, Mark Rocker, uh, 33 accurate passes, 76%. That's okay. And then Weston McKenney, 11 accurate <laughs> passes, which is 61%. And I, I would I'd suggest, I mean, it's on the subject of, uh, Victor Orr as well kind of so it all relates and ties together we probably need like he came in January didn't he to sort of help us sort all this out and um, I don't think that's going to look like a very good decision mm. in the long term I mm. mean we did probably as it turned out we didn't know Adams was going to get injured no we're, so, miss, we're missing him a great deal because people will say we're bashing Americans and we're not bashing Americans if Tyler Adams was playing we need his, him we would uh, yeah I would love to have him back mm. uh, I, I wish and hope and dream that he can Magically restore his legs because he um, he was he was 
had the David Batty thing absolutely just sorted out at the start of the season of wherever there is trouble, just appear and sort it, or at least be, um, he was quite often the uh, the second player backing up, like he was always on the edge of whatever is happening anywhere on the pitch, ready to sort it out. Whereas, you know, again, on the two goals, you were looking around for a player who is going to um, come back and do something about what is, is happening. And there's just that enormous space between the halfway line and essentially the six-yard box where too many teams are doing anything. And Adams absolutely would have faith in him to do any of this. Weston McKenney, um, again, if he can't do that, then his 11 accurate passes are not giving us anything else in the other direction. So 11's awful. How many, how many, how many passes did he attempt? Did you have that number? Well, it was, that was 61%. Right, that's got to be a sort of, some sort of season low though for a central midfield. So that's what, 20, is that 20 passes then? Central midfield, stuff go, stuff is going through you all the time in well, theory. Yeah, so the, that's why I looked up the Fulham ones to try and get a, a measure of the comparison. So they did both did 21. How many, how many did Farshaw manage in the brief time he was on? I, oh, bet, I, bet, he managed, I bet he managed did 11. So and it was he, 23 each for the other ones. And he was on for what, 10 minutes? <laughs> Something like that. I bet he was not far off that. Although I mean, he did hit that massive long ball over the top that went out for a goal kick. Uh, he did seven with an 87%... Uh, accuracy in so. 10 minutes yeah so that, and that's Adam Forshaw by the way that percentage not, not by like, the way just to, to rewind it it works out to 19 passes 19 passes attempted 11 successful fewer than each of Fulham's midfielders completed successfully and then 7 what was the goal we're really going on on McKenney here so what's how would I work out 7 over 90 minutes 7 times 9 isn't it 90 divided by so it would come to 63 <laughs> What, what if I don't know what he's doing? For sure, played seven oh, accurate okay. passes if in ten minutes. Moment, if he was right. on, then you've multiplied that by six three. There okay. is a game state argument there because we did um, in the time for sure mm. was on the pitch have more of the ball because we were attacking and there was actually there were a couple of actual passing moves where we mm. um, we vaguely looked like doing some stuff. But yeah, for if we, if we'd spent you know five hundred grand on him um, and he'd come from uh, Division Two and Steve Evans was telling me like. You know he's oh he's uh he's the great midfielder who's going to sort everything out. Fine, mm. I would take that. But for with a thirty-five million pound price tag hovering and his track record of uh, international World Cup, Champions League events, all that kind of stuff, where is any of that? It's he's not Jacob not, Burns, is he? He's not someone brought in on the cheap to fill a gap for a little bit. It's yeah, you, you're right to expect more from him, and I, I think right to expect more from Rasmus Christensen as well because he was awful today. Every single time William got the ball, he had no idea where he was. Every time Christensen had the ball, he just fucking twats it forward. Every time he gets got it in a crossing position, just leathers it into the box. Dude, don't even look if anyone's there. So frustrating. It's almost like we recruited him just to kick the ball forward in a Red Bull style, isn't it? And he's not actually that good. What an absolute abject failure. And you look around the, all these players, like you were saying about Melier in particular, like, and there's a lot of you know the sympathy for Melier. There's a lot of credit in the bank for for Melier. He was undoubtedly awful on the goals today but he is perhaps the the best example of a, a player just wilting under the circumstances you can see him but as a victim those, of it can't you as yeah, much as anything those circumstances but it's, it's a failure of, of sort of general recruitment this flip-flopping from Bielsa to the Red Bull style to now to this more passive sort of defensive style mm. it's all just it's just the whole thing has been we've lost control of it at a kind of a management boardroom level and it's just filtering down into the team because who knows? It's like, well, what's the, the phrase about um, a camel? Is a camel a horse designed by a committee? Is that the phrase? That's what I think we're watching now. We're watching a football in camel instead of a thoroughbred. Do you think, do you think Grassley's job's safe? Not at the end of the season, no. Do you think he's safe now? Um, the, w- what would be gained from sacking him now? It'd, be, it'd show a, an even greater lack of control, wouldn't it? It would, but... Yeah. I don't I think the committee analogy 
in quite right. It's more like one person uh, de- trying to design for different people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, and I think the the lesson with um, Grathia when we had Kinnear saying, well, you know, it takes, it, all, it always takes nine days to find a manager and we think we've got the right one and ignore the other ones that we were desperately trying to convince to come. Um, and the fact that we just ended up with somebody who would actually take the job and that we experimented with the idea of giving it scoops to the end of the season was like, oh, we'll just see how, how he gets on for as long as possible to buy ourselves some time. So they didn't come out of Marsh with a, well, they came out of Marsh with a clear idea of who they wanted, but it was so utterly ridiculous, the idea that managers with things to play for where they can win things or qualify for Europe in, in uh, their own clubs where they've spent a lot of time and put a lot of effort and investment into it, of course not going to come. Of course, the clubs aren't going to let them go. It's absolutely just my, well, yeah. No, Do you know what that, that does as well? It shines a light back on. I think you might have even been saying this when you've analysed the switch from Bielsa to Marsh is that we thought, God, he's been sacked with 12 games to go. That's too far too late in the season. But it's because they had Marsh lined up anyway mm. to take over in the summer. Well, yeah. And so, I mean... Who'd been sacked. <laughs> yeah, and this all goes, like, he just happens to be available because he'd been sacked because it wasn't working for him. I mean, this goes too, but beyond the 90 minutes at Fulham where he's saying like the reason why Rasmus Christensen is here is because it's because when we were finishing ninth in the Premier League Victor Orta is talking to Jesse Marsh about how he's going to take the club forward and then we saw we either were going to see the fruits of that the summer that just happened or you know Marsh ended up coming earlier but it's from as however early Victor Orta first had his Covid Zoom calls with Jesse Marsh that is the moment where all of this is wrong because that's why we've got Christensen, that's why we've got Brendan Aronson, that's why um, the the team has been lined up to play exactly as it is. As we come out of winter and head into spring, energy prices are still sky high, meaning receiving an energy bill can be as stressful as glancing at the league table. Did you know you could get ready for next winter and save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat? Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process takes just a few minutes on their website. Couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert, qualified installer, and is included in the price that you quoted. A 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. Head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T, .co.uk, use that code TSB50 to get ahead of the game, upgrade your boiler, and start saving money now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Again, it's too big a story for right now, but you look at why players like Melier and Gelhart and... Um, like talk about drama if you want to take it all all the way through. Uh, Somerville perhaps haven't really improved in a way where they look better than they did a, a year ago is because you know they had Jesse Marsh, Cameron Toshak, and Rennie Marich in charge, and we went from having a huge, like well organised bunch of you know it's almost an injury. Like, oh, Bielsa had all those coaches. What what were they doing? They were making all the players better, and then when they went away, it's no wonder that Ilan Melier and Cole are like they all look worse. Yep. It's because we've not... The, the, and, agree, agree completely with this. And again, with the... Uh, I, don't want to, I always hate taking a match ball into like the bigger pitches, but when the whole club is built on the idea of developing players so that they will increase in value so that they can cost more money, and then you don't put the investment in to the coaching to make those players better, you just kind of go... It's that big... It's that meme where you go, like, high young players, question mark, profit... We had the answer in the middle of like, we knew how to make players better, whether it was with Bielsa or whether it was with other effective coaches with a track record in player development. And we replaced the middle part with a manager who, in during the season, was doing uh, that seminar in America. He was saying, well, yeah, I'm not really big on soccer coaching. I'm more about building an environment. Vibes, and baby. it's like, just as if we expected a player like uh, Somerville or Aronson to just improve naturally mm. and just that it will happen and there's it's thick as shit isn't it's, it it's, it's an arrogance there's an arrogance to think that we had it cracked at boardroom level they were thinking this is we've got it sorted now we bring we bring these players in people like Strauch who maybe were recruited cheaply and turned into players by players the manager wanted to use and were improving under Bielsa saying well, we've got this we're yeah. doing it look at Gallard look at Gallard he's the best he's the most promising young player in the Premier League he's still got his pitches all over the outside the club shop because mm. he's going to be the big star of this season he'll just get better Archie Gray he'll, he'll just he'll just be fine mm. we don't have to do anything these players will just get better it by, just by osmosis time, time and osmosis and we don't have to suffer having this cranky old weirdo making demands and wanting things changed at the train rounds like, oh he's so difficult to work with and he's so difficult to buy for that Maybe, and this was right back to the day of the Saturday, maybe he was the one guy at Elland Road who knew what yeah. he was doing. He was, holding we, it, he was holding it together, wasn't we he? We would have yeah. been in a, it's a fantasy land, but wouldn't we have been in a better position if Bielsa at that point had said, actually, I'm sacking you and you and you, and I'll run the club, and you can all go away, and I'll hire people mm. who have more of an idea of um, how to run a football club than any of you. It doesn't have to be about, about Bielsa either. There are other... There are many, many other good managers. Look at Aston Villa. Yeah, if they had replaced they, they went, him, with, if, they'd, if they'd replaced him with somebody capable yeah. who yeah. followed in the same mold, fine. Like, and if, if Villa replaced replaced Gerard Early with a good manager, and they're doing very well, yeah. and that, it's as simple as that. And if you'd have, if Jesse Marsh, if you if you like his strengths, what he brings in terms of environment and leadership and atmosphere and vibes and all that stuff, you think that's great, and you think that's going to be useful. Give him more people to work with than Cameron Toshak and Rennie Marich, who again turned up. 
like with a week to go before they'd seen, they weren't here in pre-season. We didn't have a full complement of coaches throughout pre-season. He didn't have an assistant manager because we were trying to get um, Chris Armas um, and he didn't We got him now, it. though. And we got him now. We yes. got him in the end. Still on the payroll, baby. But it just it just became so thin in all those mm. um, aspects. Um, and lacking quality as well. Yeah, I mean, bless him. Like, and that's no offence to them. It's just a reflection. Of, yeah, of the Cameron truth, Toshak's experiences from it's the uh, Cypriot leagues, wasn't it? So it was like Thomas Christensen take two um, in a slightly less senior role. But um, but yeah, it's not like people who had been. That's one of the benefits if you want to go back to Bielsa and other um, coaches who. I mean, Gracia has his own has some staff who've worked with him for a long time. Deitch has his. We've talked about Deitch bringing his his squad of people who know what they're doing. They all. Get it. Whereas, like, Marich, and you've seen maybe from the way Marich has tweeted since um, he got given the heave hole that he was trying to convince Marsh to do. I don't know if had they even bloody met before the start of this season. He was just like, well, this guy's got a blog and he's going to be your uh, assistant for the rest of the year because your American pal couldn't come. And the fact that, that Marsh found that ac- uh, acceptable seems to be a sign of weakness. I'm just talking about weakness at a leadership level. You know, you, you've, we've heard sort of anecdotally that basically Marsh was gone after that series of defeats um, that led then into the Liverpool game. And they, they decided to get rid of him, but then we won the Liverpool game, and then we won the Bournemouth game, and they opted not to. That's a failure of, of management, isn't it? It's, it's impulsive and it's weak. And I would put it in a similar category to the circumstances under which Bielsa was sacked, which was essentially because the scum game, the game was rearranged, wasn't it, for the... Um, was it the scum or the Liverpool game? Because the Liverpool one fell into the midweek between the two games. The yeah, game. and so it just became like, well, we can't keep getting... But beating like this, whereas if we'd had like, well, I've revised my opinion on that. I think if we should have stuck with him, and if I we'd think had he would have kept us up because he's better than anything that's followed. Because we know that Marsh would have followed with and, mm. and without a, a boardroom level plan. Yeah, well, he was following anyway, so I guess it didn't. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you'd had a like a dour midweek nil nil in the middle of that, then they wouldn't have taken the decision the way that they mm. uh, did. And so it's that. That's all it is. I mean, that's a failure across all kind of football and Premier League management, where even. Was asking now is Javi Gracia going to get get sacked? And it's literally because I mean I've said this before lately. Nobody has a better idea of anything to do than we'll just sack the manager. And it does. It starts to just feel at more and more clubs, ours in particular, where you just wish you could wind the clock back and just sack the board. It was that's what's being sung. I mean, but nobody can sack because that's the advantage of being the person who owns it. Is you just get to go. Um, oh yeah, I did that really wrong. So I'm going to sack all these people who've worked really hard and done really good jobs, and I'll stay. And I'll try again. Whereas, you know, Bielsa made loads of mistakes and things were going on, but who would you trust more to have had another crack at it the next season? Because, right, I've made loads of mistakes, but I've got the experience and the knowledge and the know-how to have another go at this and put it right. Whereas instead of him putting it right, you had the the people who were much worse at things um, purely because they bought it. Mm, Who is it? Biggie's asking in the comments, you know, wasn't Marich Dortmund's assistant last season. He didn't come straight from the blog. He didn't. No, but no. there was no pre-established relationship as the thing. Yeah, that's what I making. meant. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to like describe his... Um, like plucking staff from here and there. Hand. Yeah. Um, it's just chucking the, them all together. More the point that I don't think him and uh, Marsh. Uh, Marsh had any like pre-existing relationship. So it immediately starts up with like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What ideas have you got? Whereas, you know, it's the, uh, I don't think Deitch is doing as good a job as people think he is at... Everton, but he is at least he doesn't have to sit down with Ian Wallen and Steve Stone and go like, right, here's here's yeah, how you, I you might not agree club. with the plan and it might not work, but at least there is a plan and I don't think there was was there. But let's bring it back to today um, and talk about that was good. What what grass is well? That's why we hit the match ball. Let's reflect on the match. Um, 
And uh, he's been saying that today we tried to be more aggressive in our pressure. This is Javi. Uh, recover more balls in the opposition half. The first half was equal. We didn't create many chances, but we didn't suffer. But in the second, after the first goal, it was tough for us. Um, he's worried about everything. Third defeat in a row. We have to improve. We have a very, very important game in three days and we have to be ready. He's not wrong. I think it might be quite tasty on Tuesday, depending on how things go. What, in, an, in like an, an anarchy sense? Yeah. It feels like it's just ready to turn to me. I feel like if we go a goal behind, it's going to get poisonous very, very quickly. Yeah. That one. Yeah. It's a go, to go back to the... Um, the battle in midfield and the pressure we're applying and stuff. LUFC data have tweeted about McKenney and uh, yeah, he won three tackles, three out of seven ground duels, two fouls, uh, ten times possession lost. Brilliant. Uh, well, he's been asked in the well spent. He's been asked in the post match about this, and he's refusing to comment on um, individually on McKenney and Aronson struggling again. Is it time to change midfield? He's been asked, and he's not commenting on it. Yes, but what? Who do you put very, in? Be, beyond, beyond Forshaw, who do you put in? Put Forshaw in. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, you couldn't be worse than McKenny was today. He was fucking horrendous. He JB, did, he did yeah. nothing at all. I couldn't point to a single thing he did well in that game. At one point, he did okay, having already lost the ball and he was like rolling around on the floor and managed to get a foot in. I yeah, think that, that was because he he'd been really asleep yeah, was when the pass fault, was played yeah. to him, and he's very easy to knock off the ball. And um, just strange, given his the physicality of a weeble. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know if JB's good enough or whether it's fair to throw him in, but he exists. We've, we've reached that point where the, we're searching for the other to yeah. fix it. We, we? we we reached that point last season as well, where it was kind of like, well, Sam Greenwood exists, so we'll have to put him in. And he did uh, well. Like You can't really complain about anything Greenwood brought to it last year. He was fine. And it's about expectations as well, because be Greenwood at. was thrown in last year. Granted, he wasn't perfect. But he was also a young player we picked up for about a million pounds who, yeah. was a, who was a striker a year before, who was playing in midfield, who was doing his best. McKenney has been playing for a Champions League club and has been a, an established international midfielder for years. So you're quite right to expect a hell of a lot more from him. It's got to be, I think it's got to be for sure against Leicester though, assuming his fitness holds up because a little bit like um, Cooper and Verber. I mean, I don't know, we'll go back to that. It's like, oh, it's the passion and who wants it more. It's But he's got the experience, the knowledge... Um, and the commitment to what we're doing and it's been around long enough that I just have more confidence in uh, he's a known quantity yeah and so I think he's he's more likely to the difference that Cooper um, did make even with his the odd stray lunge and the odd um, interesting pass <laughs> but he was interesting is a great euphemism but uh, he he did bring some something better to uh, what was missing against old uh, Liverpool with Palace? The, so I'd add for for sure to the mix and let the the sort of the grizzly. I'd have Ailing back as well. Let's just get as many. See if Berardi wants it. <laughs> Bring Pablo back for a bit. Just get it as champo as possible. Um, champo because those players did get us up and they uh, a bunch of us. I was for sure was injured, wasn't he? At the end of last year's. Um, but yeah, the players who've been through it, um, I have more faith in them than. Uh, the players we've signed this season, but Verber has immediately put himself to the front of the queue. Anyway, so, uh, just looking at just with the foreshore chat, I just thought I'd see if Radrazani's tweeted. He hasn't. Um, <laughs> I think one of the, one of the things that I find three points in the bag was his last tweet, which you can you can work out for yourself. Can we get click, that was. can we get click on Lawn? Because he's that's the other thing with um, Aronson and how we fucked ourselves over this season. Because the ideal world, like yeah, you take Aronson out because he's twenty two and he's clearly struggling a bit like Melier, the pressure. The physicality, um, the amount of work he's having to do. Aronson's played, I think Melian and Aronson have probably played 
more games than any of our other players and they're both 22. Mm. So ideal world, I don't know about giving um, Melier a break, goalkeepers are a bit of a funny thing, but the alternative to Aronson was click and we just, we never played him and we let him go to um, the USA when he, at the start of the season, was quite happy to play the entire mm. season. And right now, United. if you could swap him back, you would. Well, you would because click, it's that known quantity thing and it's also that um, Aronson is clearly struggling mm. and so I mean we he's got five year contract or something fair enough get Click back in there give Aronson the break he probably should have had straight after the World Cup and um, start again with him next season mm. and just see how he goes from there it's not about uh, ruling people out forever because um, we we had that with Click in his first season where he ended up back on loan in um, the Netherlands Return was brilliant. Aronson could be brilliant next season, but mm. at the moment he's just suffering, toiling, contributing um, very little. Whereas um, Click is just a, too good a player to just wave away. And it's not how you develop players. Like who? How many? Like could we sell Aronson for more today than we signed him for? I, I mean, football's a bit mad like that. Maybe pure inflation, but that's the whole point of him being here. Is the idea that oh yeah. He's, sign a 21-year-old and in five years or three years they'll be worth um, multiples of what you paid. Well, not if you just let them yeah. wilt. I must admit, there was a point in that half watching Aronson and watching Wilson. I was thinking, trying to imagine a time when football is played by 11 of them on either side and you just get the spectacle of 22 men rolling about on a pitch looking at the referee, <laughs> trying to look at the referee all at once. Well, what's happening with Willie here, by the way? Because um, big boy Bok Choi is asking, why do you think Grassi took so long to put on the bowling ball that is non-so? I have to say, if there's not an injury there or if he's still not coming back from this injury, it's starting to get into baffling territory, isn't it? When you can see so many out-of-form players. Mm-hmm. I've no idea. That's why I think it's got to be injury because I don't think Grassi is that complicated. Mm. I don't think there's any... Um, I don't think he's the type to be playing like weird mm. psychological games. It's a bit... Um, it's awkward. It was good when Grassi had turned up and it's like, I, I'm not going to comment on injuries. And we're like, ah, great, he's so quiet. And now it's like, tell us what's going on. <laughs> I want, we want x-rays of his ankle. We want everything. Um, so it's funny how quickly uh, But you always want turns. The, the other thing, don't you? Whatever, yeah. whatever you're doing is wrong. Well, exactly that. I mean, we want, as part of why we want Nyonto is just... Mm. I mean, he, he came on, a couple of nice moments. Um, maybe he's coming on too late to be an influence, but he's un, maybe he's not enjoying not being used and maybe he is injured, but he's not been... Uh, he's not made the impact he was making. He's actually the season. He, he's addressed it actually as having in the post match. What's he saying? He says he hates his guts. He says he, he hates that little guy, little bastard. He says too good. Yeah, uh, no. He said um, sick of him smiling all the time. When he's asked on him not being used, I can tell you the same that I have. De- I have to decide and decide right. All the players are, in my opinion, doing well. <laughs> Glance to camera. Um, you ask about Nonto, I have to answer. You always miss players who don't play. So it's the same yeah, as us saying that, like you always want the thing that's not in the side. The problem is the evidence points to him being our best player. Mm-hmm. I mean, on, on the players who you want inside who aren't as well, it's the Rodrigo Bamford thing as well, because you watched Rodrigo for an hour today and thought, fucking hell, he's useless. <laughs> like it was one of those games, admittedly we didn't give him much of a sniff, did we? There were no, there were no presentable chances for him, which is what you have him in the side for, isn't it? But there were points where equally we were trying to... Uh, <laughs> hoof balls forward and you couldn't see him because he dropped back into midfield and he was he was doing that sort of stuff but then you know don't fucking just pass it to nobody I, uh, I've got a pick up on uh, Mole's comment on YouTube who says Gracia really likes Aronson's pressing it fits the non-pressing tactic 
Which I think sums up where we are at the minute, doesn't it, really? Mm. DME. He manages to press himself, does Aronson, doesn't he? Though he, he kind of he runs himself, he harries himself into a corner, and where he, upon which point he falls over and loses the ball. So doesn't do anyone any good. I mean, one of the things about Rodrigo not making an impact in that game, and whether we gave him enough. If you think about McKenney making eleven accurate passes, that's less than six per half. So it's kind of what is Rodrigo getting out of midfield? Our defense isn't getting any help out of midfield. Our attack isn't getting any. Um, forward passes out of midfield nobody's getting anything out of midfield um, Rock has shaved his head I suppose that helps yeah echoes of Champions League semi-final there apart from the ones who were either getting married or in court yeah um, which is a but let's not get into that story for a different day um, should we wrap it up and just say see you on Tuesday Victor, Victor we'll be, we'll, see you next Tuesday we'll beat Leicester so it's going to be fine hope so no Moscow problem. what's going to happen right. now so just to run through so at the time um, is whatever it is. 3-12 it is. It says on my screen here. Yes. So I don't know why. So, nil nil in all the other games. Uh, no, it's Leicester nil, Wolverhampton won. Oh, is it? Excellent. That is good news. Uh, so, and yeah, and Palace are going to beat Everton. Liverpool will beat Forest. So that's good. And then tomorrow, I know I was having a go at people making predictions, but uh, it's funny when I do it. And then uh, Bournemouth, West Ham, both clubs will be closed. Okay. That's tomorrow's fixtures. Tomorrow's news today. I mean, that's the, the best outcome from the weekend is that we're no worse off than we were at the start of it. I know Southampton gained a point on us and looked far more capable and they could actually pass to each other. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't watch bit. it. It's too stressful. A yeah. bit, bit more than we did today. Uh, but if we come out of it with the gap the same, I guess it just eats up another fixture. That's, that's the best hope we've got now is just other people being shitter than us. Great fun, isn't it? Right, we'll wrap <laughs> it up there. We'll speak to you soon. The Match Ball. 